Hi everyone! I'm so excited about today's episode Laura of Duncan, Beauty Bosses. I have the amazing Inga Taran, the CEO of who is the founder beauty, of Face and of Gym and also enthusiast. an expert you are in all to things Bosses, spa, where we chat beauty, with wellness, luxury, and the entire beauty, space around fashion, that. Wellness, so for those of you who have pretty. not yet had the pleasure of meeting Inga, let me tell you a little bit about her. She grew up in Pretoria and Johannesburg and later moved to London to study journalism in the 90s. And more recently in 2014, you founded Face Gym, which has become this huge phenomenon. So exciting. Face Gym is a facial workout and skincare system concept that utilizes different massaging techniques traditional Chinese healing and wellness methods to alleviate pain, improve circulation, and release toxins in the face. Face Gym has 13 global studio locations in London, Manchester, New York, Los Angeles, and Sydney. And Inga has previously worked as a beauty and wellness columnist for the Financial Times for around 10 years and gained a reputation as a spa junkie, which I can definitely attest to because <laughs> we've chatted many times about all things related to skin and beauty and wellness. So with all of that extensive research and background, you've really put all of that together for Face Gym and also served as a consultant for many beauty and wellness brands, hospitality, retail, all over the map and all over the world, bringing your little bit of magic to everyone else's bathroom mirrors, nighttime routines, and skincare. So I'm so happy to have you today. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. Um, everything good back to you. You're my, you know, inspiration at the moment. Well, I'm so excited to talk to you um, about all of this stuff. Start asking you about face gym, because I think that's the thing that people most think about when they think about you, because that is something that really has made a big impact on the landscape here for all of us. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey and what led you to start and create face gym? So I think like all good founder stories and all great businesses, it always comes from a personal quest. And so for me at the time, uh, before I you know, got into the spa junkie, I'd had a really difficult time with my weight. Sort of in my late teens, my weight started fluctuating. By the time I was in my 20s, I could literally gain six to 10 kilograms, like, you know, in, in, in a fortnight, which then led me to extreme diet. So I'd lose and I'd gain weight. I was on that awful concertina. Um, and I lost so much confidence and I just basically went on a spiral. And that's how I started my journey going to Medispas quite a lot. And I, you know, started learning how to change behavior. And I noticed massive differences. Uh, every time I went to some of these Medispas, I'd pick up a few new tips and tricks. And, you know, I'd later find out that I'd actually had hormone imbalance and that was causing all this um, incredible weight gain. And uh, that's how I managed to get the the spa junkie um, column as well. The uh, editor reached out to me. She knew I basically had um, uh, this uh, quest and I was honestly trying to find some solutions to deal with my own personal um, weight gain. And that's how I got that column. By the time I was doing the column, um, my body was now in great shape, but my face 
was definitely aging. And for all the um, surgical uh, experimentation that I was doing, you know, given I was breaking new stories all the time, um, I had literally started to age myself because it wasn't necessarily that the doctors were wrong or the products were wrong. I was just doing too much. Um, and, you know, you might know this because you probably fix quite a lot of different faces, but it's very seldom do you find a doctor that agrees with someone else's work. And so long story short, I literally ruined my face. I had my eye collapse. I had my threads pucker. I had done PRP, which had gone wrong and bruised. And it just, I looked like I'd had a car accident, took myself off and realized I had to slow down. I could no longer be the human petri dish um, for the Financial Times, how to spend it column. And I would basically take my aging into my own hands and start a new way of doing it in a more natural, calmer, softer way. Yeah, I think that so many people can relate to that because the massive fluctuations back and forth are really murder on the body because human tissue isn't meant to fluctuate with wild swings. And so it's really so interesting to hear about how your own experiences led you into creating Face Gym. Now, one thing that I really admire about what you've done is that it's notoriously difficult to scale a beauty experience because beauty is such an N equals one experience. And everyone knows that feeling of having the perfect person who does your hair exactly how you like it or the perfect makeup artist and they know your exact face. So I really admire how you've created face gem locations in different regions across the world and different locations. How did you create a system that you were able to keep bespoke, but yet generalize so that it could be scaled to different locations? Oh, that I learned the really hard way. Um, but you have to keep everything super simple, which is not my general approach to life. I'm a, let's add more, 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 better, better, better. And I've always got new ideas. And so the good thing is, as I got funding quite early on and I managed to surround myself with a board, the first thing I did uh, when I raised the money was build a group of people around me who helped to, um, you know, just focus my mind, keep things simple, because everything about scale is removing complexity. So the first thing I wanted to do is, it was such a radical idea, taking your face to the gym, how would I land that? Knowing also I wanted to build this business for America, and I was just sort of test driving it in the UK. So I decided to take an approach that was already a well-trodden path in fitness, warm-up cardio sculpting cool-down. That's sort of, everyone's been doing that for a long time. You've been taking your body to the gym. What if I introduced you to your new 40-something facial muscles, which, by the way, no one even knew. And what if I told you it was as simple as warm-up, cardio, sculpting, cool-down? So that was the methodology. That was when I was designing the actual workout, the treatment, the massage. Those were the steps because that's how I knew I could sell it and people would actually get it. Uh, and then... From there, I just had one very clear mantra, take your face to the gym. I needed to make sure that people actually understood that underneath the skin, which is predominantly what majority of us have been focused on for so many years, there was this you know, really interesting structure of muscles, which if you manipulated them, 
just like you do in the gym, you could actually see, um, you know, aging benefits, vitality, lack of flaccidity, youthful glow, etc. Everything that people wanted to do. Oh, and guess what? You didn't need a great deal of money to achieve that as well. So I think that was the biggest thing is just keeping that concept really simple, easy to communicate, easy to train. And then I built at an academy um, where, again, because it was so simple, we were able to garner a great talent into the business and then train them uh, really well, too. That's really amazing. One thing that I really like about your approach is um, how it's so measured and reasonable because you integrate into your approach elements of holistic improvement in skin quality, topicals, and also kind of the more medical side of things. And so I think that that's the reason why it has broad appeal and it's not alienating toward anybody. It kind of allows people to find a place in uh, where they see themselves because some people are really nervous about more invasive treatments. Some people are really gung-ho about them. And I don't think there's a right answer for everyone. It's beauty is so individualized. And one thing that I admire about your approach is that you've figured out a way to keep it broad enough and encompassing enough for people to identify where on the spectrum they want to be. I'm so glad you you noticed that because I what I wanted to do at the time is distill um, all those years of traveling the world, of all the incredibly good treatments that I had, all the incredible, amazing experiences, the educations, having gone to majority of, of, of the world spas and having had the, the very extreme invasive, there's nothing I haven't done from laser vasa lipo. Uh, you know, where I had a six pack overnight, the best treatment I ever did, to, you know, howling in the moon, taking ayahuasca in Mexico. The, the full gamut is what I experienced. And I thought what I would do for Facium is distill the best bits so that I am still your girl. I'm still out there today as curious as ever, trying everything, which is why I tried on my live to kind of get you to tell me all the hot new things. You know, <laughs> I'm still in Asia, I'm still in Mexico, I'm still in Japan, I'm, I'm all around the world trying everything to see if I can bring some newness to, to market. And, and to your point, we have a very, very strong um, community of Gen Zs that are coming through that love Face Gym. Um, but we then also, you know, look after their mums. So the younger audience will come and we'll do all their facial and their cleansing and their monthly, um, you know, workouts for them. But then for, you know, I'm almost 52 years from now and I still get incredible benefits from doing all the, the peels and the massage and the RF, et cetera. And then I think the other really interesting thing about Face Gym is the men. Because Face Gym was co-created with them, um, my male counterpart, Alistair Willis, uh, he's the creative director of Adidas today. It gave men permission because it wasn't too girly. Uh, the brand, the space, the experience, even the fact that it's quite intense. The, the tools we use, it's, it's quite masculine, very gender fluid. And in there, um, we have found this amazing male customer and up to 40% of our customers in any given day can be men. Um, and I think that's what makes this brand so unique to your point. It's 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 really diverse, both of age, both of concern, both of sex. When you were doing your 
FT column, which by the way, how to spend it is has got to be the most fun part of any newspaper to read. Um, when you were when you were uh, writing and working on how to spend it, what were some of your favorite experiences and what were some of your favorite things that you experienced, researched, indulged in, and so forth? Can you give us like a little sneak peek of uh, the greatest hits? Oh, gosh. Um, so, I I mean, I was in um, Japan. It's something I should actually send you the videos in Japan. And um, I did a rebirthing, uh, which at the time sounded really amazing until I got to this back street. It was already dusk. And I went and I sat in a room and this man tied me up so tight that I could feel my my ribs crack. And the whole thing was basically tying you back into the fetal position. But it was so intense that I could barely breathe. Um, and and it, I mean, kind of wellness bondage is all I could really call it. And then he rocked me for 45 minutes. I, I, I literally, it was like rebirth. And I just thought, well, if he left me there, I would literally just die because there is no way I could get myself out of this bind. Um, and so again, they, we were filming it and my husband was in a meeting and I was posting this and someone was like, have you seen where your wife is and what she's doing? And he was like, no, what is she doing? So he had no idea. I'd literally basically been, you know, bandaged into with an inch of my life in Japan. So that was a really fun and not so funny experience. Um, and something similar, I was mummified in Mexico. I remember that they, I was actually my now husband. We had a breakup and I went to Mexico working with a shaman who could remove men <laughs> from your life. It didn't work very well because I, I married him, but um, <laughs> they dipped these bandages in this um, really rich um, soil. So this is in the foothills of, of, of Mexico. And then they wrap you up and again, totally mummify you. Um, and then they leave you to bake. And literally all of the negative energy is then pulled into this, um, this, this bandage. And then you basically lie there for an hour and a half baking before they then at, sun, at, at sundown um, take you into the ocean and then unwrap you. Uh, and then you see this uh, pink uh, 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 play on the ocean because obviously oil and water don't mix and you can see all your negative energy moving towards the sun that was incredible um, the, around that time I also invented face gym because I also did loads of ayahuasca there as well so yeah some really <laughs> crazy experiences is there one thing that you would if if you could like redo it every single day that, or, you know, at whatever cadence would be appropriate that you would just love to keep doing over and over again. Is like it either a beauty ritual or um, it doesn't even have to be in the beauty space, but one of those like really special extravagant, extravagant experiences or um, one of those things that you encountered or witnessed, like, you know, a trip, a retreat, a massage, a, a physical object, a, something really special, a hotel stay, a beautiful place. Like what, what was one of those really special experiences? Because with, with the financial times and that, um, that had a spend it experience, you really had an opportunity that many people dream about traveling the entire world and really indulging in the most spectacular, like, extreme things that a lot of people never get a chance to do 
I think the Asian spa, medispa experiences, the Shiva Sams of this world where it's kind of deeply spiritual. For me, I really connect with that Asian methodology, philosophy and approach, which is why Fashion was created on, um, you know, the Empress's secret, that original acupressure points. Um, so I think going to those um, spas where the cuisine is so delicious, so nutritious. I never felt hungry, but I lost a tremendous amount of weight. It was easy to be fit because there was great hiking. The weather is exactly how I like it, 100% humidity and boiling hot, which plumps up your skin. You don't need Botox. So I would say that those Asian- the air is hyaluronic acid. <laughs> <laughs> those Asian spas um, really did it for me. Um, and, you know, the discovery of of um you know going to japan as well all my trips around the onsens bathing with with monkeys uh, i mean it, the list is so long um i need to write a book yeah that should be next i feel like that would be really good um what do you think the future of beauty is going to be like from your standpoint well when i you know, created Facium, it was because I could see um, this convergence of wellness, fitness, and beauty. And I am uh, the type of mind that likes to smash things up and mash things together. I don't like looking at things in a silo. And because I was, um, you know, for the last you know, 15 years, I've been designing spas, I have like a, a bird's eye view I see what's happening in nutrition. I see what's happening in high-end aesthetics. I see what's happening in fitness, in beauty, in products. And so when you have that every single day, you start seeing sort of trends coming through. And I now really believe that the future of beauty is, is customization. I think it always has been, but for the first time with AI and diagnostics, I now really believe we're much closer to it. I believe that inside out beauty is going to be very big for us. And what I mean by that is the microbiome and how that actually influences inflammation and stress and skin. So actually dealing with our skin, but through the gut, I think is massively interesting right now. And just starting to think about our skin like an organ, just like we do our hearts and our lungs and really bringing in that skin longevity piece. Um, I think that's really where it's all had heading and um, wearable tracking devices like the glucose tracking, being able to see what food and nutrition has, what impact that has on your skin. It's, it's that type of finally having that conversation with your with your organs and your insides and then how you can then through small behavioral changes um impact your skin and your beauty um a little bit more uh work required for this and um, more curi curiosity and um you know you have to be a bit braver but that's what i believe the new frontier of beauty is do you think that um, Ozempic and GLP-1 agonists and all those medicines for metabolism and weight loss are going to take over the wellness space the way Botox has medicalized the skin and the face a little bit? Do, do you see that happening in the exercise weight management space? I think we've unleashed pandora's box there is no yeah. going <laughs> right <laughs> state, state side it's happening um for sure and i i don't 
from from my standpoint, I don't I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily because yeah. obesity and overweight is a very big health concern here. But I just wonder what you're seeing over over there. Oh yeah, no, I mean we are right behind you. If we were like a few, you know, a few months behind you, that's it. Um, it is being adopted like wildfire. And to your point, I think with all these things, as long as it's done in moderation under doctor supervision. Um, I think it's got massive benefits for people, massive benefits for the um, health industry, because with less obese people, we uh, we can now focus on other diseases that just haven't been getting the amount of um, airtime, um, you know, without having to deal with them, um, uh, diabetes, etc. We can now focus on more on, on solving more cancers, etc. So no, I'm very excited about where that is heading. But again, I you know, we have to caution moderation. We have to just like my whole, you know, shtig with face gym was all about I'm not anti-Botox, not anti-fillers. It's the right solution at the right time. I just am not a huge believer in the, you know, my young teenage girl starting um, on on that type of thing. Oh, can you hear me? Yes. You know, young teenage girls starting. And so, again, I just caution that the, at the that we don't let these very powerful, very you know, great drugs get into the hands of our youth at the wrong time. Um, if it's not for you, this can't be a um, alternative to a healthy diet. So if people are going to still, you know, eat terribly or whatever, that I don't think this is a, a quick fix. It needs to be part of still, um, you know, educating our youth around um, what good looks like when it comes to health and, and, and nutrition. Yeah, there. All those things our parents told us when we were young, like there, there's no free lunch, there's no shortcut. Those simple truisms are just so painfully true. Um, okay, well, we're running out of time, but I want to ask you a couple more questions. What would you have to a young person who wants to be an entrepreneur or enter the beauty and wellness space? Any suggestions or? things that might've been helpful to you when you were young and starting out? So if you're a woman and you're starting out and you want a career, but you also want a family, I really, you know, start there. I start with a family piece, go and do what you need to do. Freeze your eggs, get yourself really organized on your own terms. Because if you like me, all your buses come at once. 39, great idea. Man lands kids land all in the space of six months. I had to do it all at the same time. Had I potentially had, you know, maybe done some provisions around my family planning earlier, I probably wouldn't have had to rush and and uh, put myself and my kids and my business under so much pressure. So I definitely think thinking about the future, planning ahead, just, you know, take your, your family planning into your own hands. Then I think, when it comes to investment, be very, very careful who you take money from because it's, you know, you need the money, your debt, like you convince yourself that potentially this could be right. But there's make sure you, you surround yourself with much smarter people than yourself, people who have been through this, who have made all the mistakes and just be, be really sure that the people that you're taking money from when things are going well will be there when things are not going well. Because I've never met a founder who doesn't go through a crisis, uh, you know, and you sometimes will be at a runway where you're running out of funds, you're running out of ideas, think everything you thought was great hasn't gone wrong. That person needs to still be there for you, support you, have the deep pockets to help you get over those. So 
pick investors for the bad times. I think that's such wonderful advice. And those words are so true. It's a little bit hard for people to hear it when you think you're going to live forever and everything's an option. But planning for those rainy day scenarios is one of those things that you, you sometimes don't think about till it's already raining on you. <laughs> um, you know, till you're already wondering like, oh, can I have a family? You know, can I fund this next step? Um, so it's really so nice and poignant for you to share that so openly with people. Um, well, I know you have a lot of exciting projects coming up and I know you can't share about all of them, but is there anything that you want to share that you're working on or that we can look out for, for you in the coming months, weeks, years ahead? Uh, so I think, um, you know, with Facium, we're going to continue um, our service first. Uh, you know, we've come out of the pandemic not knowing whether brick and mortar was ever going to recover, but in fact, it's bounced back incredibly. So, you know, 30% like for like. So I believe like an American franchise strategy is on the cards for Facium. So, you know, Facium's out there on every street in every city in America would be a great thing to manifest. Um, and then for me on my day job, you know, with the the spa designs, very excited about the new uh, well-being club that we've uh, co-created with uh, the team at Vertisan, um, an amazing tech-enabled uh, company that has got people like Andrew Huberman and Dave Sinclair, and just learning um, all these very simple behavioral, non-negotiable um, habits that are accessible to all of us um, that can have such a big impact, whether you're trying to deal with sleep or diet or, um, you know, uh, mental health. Uh, there are so many small free um, um, uh, bits of advice that you can actually garner from these people. So having worked with them and actually introducing some of that and taking it from URL to IRL, um, has been a wonderful sort of last eight months. And I'm sort of really excited to share that um, next year, come April in the UK. Amazing. Well, I can't wait to hear what happens next. And where can everybody stay in touch with your journey? Yeah, follow me on Instagram. It's not very fun. It's always just about facelifting. <laughs> it's always about facelifting. But yeah, I'm sort of Inga Tarant, 76 on um on Instagram or um Etanda, Inga Tarant and Associates. That's who we are when we're designing spas. Um, or on Facium. That's where I'm at a lot as well, pulling funny faces, um, one collagen facial at a time. Amazing. Well, I will see you soon in London. And I am so happy that we made this work. Thank you so much. Bye, Laura. Thank you so much, everyone. Lovely sharing my story with you.